Does anybody need a Bible or want to look on with somebody? I'll make sure everybody has a Bible. Okay, turn to Isaiah 58. We're going to learn how not to live on empty. How many of you have all ever felt depleted or out of gas? Every day? (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a lot of things that can cause us to feel that way, just depleted and out of gas. Um, Busyness, stress, our hormones or lack of hormones. Too many demands on our life, trying to meet other people's needs like our children's needs, our parents' needs, anxiety and worry, spouses' needs. So I'm going to talk to you about how to prevent and treat an empty gas tank. (laughs) There is a way to keep your tank full despite the most difficult circumstances. Um, There's many uh, practical and natural things that we can do to keep our body in good shape, such as rest and giving our body the proper fuel, or in other words, eating right, exercising, not taking on too many responsibilities. These are all important, but many times we try to use these kind of natural things, our carnal or earthly things, to try to fill up our spiritual emptiness, our spiritual empty tank. And... These things can make us feel like our tank is full, but it's not. Like eating a piece of chocolate, you know, can make us feel better, right? (laughs) Don't tell anybody. (laughs) But when we have a spiritual lack in our life, eating a piece of chocolate would be like using a faulty fuel gauge to judge our fullness by. And we all have things, you know, whether it's chocolate or chips or you know, staring at the TV or whatever. I mean, every, every person has something that they try to fill that emptiness with. So let's look at Isaiah 58, 11. It says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So we, a lot of times in our life, we have sun-scorched land, right? Like our job situation, our family, our marriage, our health, our emotional state, our relationships. There's times in our life that there's things that are like sun-scorched land. You know, it's just not good. Things aren't going good. But despite these things, we can feel full, we can be full spiritually when there seems to be a drought and everything is going wrong. So I'm going to show you an example of two people who were in that type of situation. They were in sun-scorched land. They were in a bad, bad spot. 
So let's turn to Acts 16, verse 22. These two guys were in one of the worst situations a person can be in. Acts 16:22 says, The crowd joined in in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So they were, Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel. They were arrested. All their clothes were taken off. They were beaten, severely beaten. Uh, They were flogged, which means, you know, they were whipped. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer commanded that they were to be guarded uh, carefully. So just think about this. The prison, it was underground. There was no heat, no air conditioning, no ventilation, no toilets, no electricity, no light except, you know, whatever they might, torches they might have, no running water, no Motrin, <clears throat> no ibuprofen, <clears throat> huh? bugs, rats, and no one to bandage their wounds and no one to comfort them. So we, in, in our lives, we have nothing even that we can compare that to. The worst that we've ever felt cannot even come close to where they were. So, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all of the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He he then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At the hour of... At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. And this story right here is how the Philippian church began. The Philippian church began because Paul and Silas were in prison and they were singing praises to the Lord. So uh, what Paul and Silas were doing during a terrible tra- tragedy brought life to Paul and Silas. And it brought life to all those other people. And they not only, Paul and Silas not only saved themselves with their worship to God, they caused the other people around them, the other prisoners and the jailer and his whole family to be saved and then a whole church to be started called the Philippian Church. And the letter written to the Philippian Church today in 2017 is a great inspiration to all of us. And what does it say? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's one of the most famous parts of the book of Philippians. See how being in a sun-scorched 
place, a place of utter devastation, a place of desperate need, when we worship the Lord, when we sing out praises to him, we are just filled, filled with an awesome, awesome, mighty force. And it's called the river of God. A great river of God flows through us when we worship the Lord. That's just so awesome. So the most important way to keep our tank full is to keep full of God. Uh, The way it is supposed to work is God pours into us and then life flows out of us. We give to God and he gives back to us. It's just a circle. It's just a circle that never ends. Do any of you have a... um, a pond at your house uh, that that gurgles and, you know, or a fountain, you know, the water goes down the rocks and goes into the water and then it circulates back up and it's just a continual flow. That's the way it's supposed to be with us and God. He's always pouring into us and we're always giving back to him. And it's a cycle and it's called the river of life. And we want that to always be flowing in our lives. And it is a supernatural, a mighty, mighty supernatural force that we need to work on our lives to keep our sanity, (laughs) to keep uh, being effective Christians, to be good mothers, to be good spouses, to be good grandmothers, to be good employees, just to be an awesome force that God wants us to be. That mighty river needs to flow through us all the time. Um, if we stop that flow, our tank becomes empty or stagnant. Have you ever seen stagnant water? We don't want that on the inside of us. We don't want to be empty, and we don't want it to be stagnant. When it's stagnant, it's all full of putrid and icky things, and it stinks, and it attracts mosquitoes and bugs. We don't want that to be what's on the inside of us. And that that flow that river that mighty river on the inside of us becomes stagnant when we don't allow it to flow out of us it's always supposed to be there's always supposed to be a flow always supposed to be a flow out of us let's turn to john 4 13 john 4 13 every single person that's born again has that living water on the inside of them John 4.13 says, uh, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He was talking about water from the well, just natural water. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Praise God. Praise God. I have a spring of water inside of me welling up to eternal life. It's always in there. It's a, it's a mighty supernatural force that lives on the inside of me. Now let's turn to John 7:38. God not only gives us a well, a spring of living water, but he even goes farther for us. John 7:38 says, "Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him." By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. He's talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Other translation calls that rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Just picture that. Rivers of living water are supposed to be flowing out of us. Rivers of living water. 
wouldn't you like to be around people who's got liver, rivers of living water flowing out of them? How awesome. And, and that's what you're supposed to be. Going back to the uh, food example and taking care of our bodies. If we eat broccoli, we know it's good for us, but we don't really understand everything that's going on on the inside of us, on the cellular level and microscopically and all, you know, the vitamins in it and the roughage in it, you know, exactly what all it's doing in there. But we do know it's good for us, right? Some people, (laughs) it is good for us. The same goes for, I like it, (laughs) but I wouldn't have liked it when I was small, I don't think. The same goes for the spirit world. We feed on the word of God. We feed our spirits with the word of God, but we don't really comprehend all that it's doing to fill us up, to fill our tank, to make us whole, and all that the word of God is doing to feed that mighty river that's flowing in and through us. So it's so important. Even though you don't know what's going on, you can't comprehend all that God is doing in you, It's working. His word is working in there. His spirit is working there to cause that mighty river to flow out of us. Uh, Let's turn to John 6, verse 63. It says, everybody have it? It says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but the words that Jesus uses for the word of God are things that we need every day, like light and bread and water and life. Uh, the, The analogies or the words that he uses for the word of God are things that we need every day. Just we need the word of God every day. Um, A lot of times, you know, people might think, you know, well, if I go on Sunday or if I go twice a month, you know, I'm getting my spiritual boost, you know, to help me become a Christian or be a good Christian. But that doesn't work. It's impossible. Just like if you ate a meal twice a month, it would be impossible to sustain life. It's impossible to keep the river of God, the mighty, wonderful river of God flowing in your life. If you're not feeding yourself every day with the word of God, we need to see the word. We need to hear the word. We need to meditate on the word. We need to speak the word. And that all causes a spiritual flow in our life. You know, we we uh, things come into us through our eyes and through our ears. And when we speak the word and we read the word, it's all coming on into the inside of us. And it's really important that we do that. So <clears throat> how do we put that into practice in our everyday life? Um, Col- let's turn to Colossians 3. And this is, this is just so important because every single person has times when they are um, tested to the limit. Um, when things are just so rough and so many things happen that are so trying and um, they might not be trying to other people, but they are to you at that time. And they're, they're just, they try you, and you might feel uh, just um, emotionally distraught or wasted or, or dead on the inside, something that's happened so bad that it's just, it's just raked you over the coals. But God's life in you 
can help you and assist you and breathe life into that situation. <clears throat> so Colossians 3:15. It says, "Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful." That's the first thing, and be thankful. No matter what's going on, and be thankful. That is a great key to keeping the river of life flowing on the inside of you, and be thankful. Be thankful for every single thing that you can be thankful for. If you can't think of anything, you know, do you have hair still? Be thankful. I mean it, you know. Can you see? Be thankful. Can you smell chocolate cake? Be thankful. You know, can you speak? Be thankful. Are your thoughts clear? Be thankful. Can you still drive? Be thankful. Can you walk? Be thankful. Can you read the word of God and understand it? Be thankful. Did Jesus die for you? Be thankful. Has his blood washed away all your sins? Be thankful. And you don't have to feel a thing. You know, there's times that you are not going to feel a thing. You're not going to feel God's presence. When you read his word, you're not going to feel a thing, but you be thankful, and you press in, and you be thankful. And then the next verse, let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So we have a lot in that verse. The word of God is supposed to dwell in us richly. Not just a little bit, not just a little quote for the day, but the God's word is supposed to dwell in us richly. That means there's a lot in there, and it's been given a lot of attention to. We're supposed to share the word of God with each other, with our families, with the people we come in contact to. We're supposed to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And we're supposed to sing, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs With gratitude. See, it started with gratitude, ends with gratitude. In your hearts to God. Singing to the Lord uh, makes the floodgates of heaven open up. Pouring down into you and going back up into the Lord, just a cycle. Singing to the Lord causes that river of life to flow. Okay, let's turn to Ephesians 5, 18. Ephesians 5.18 it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, again, we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. We're supposed to speak to one another and speak to yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're to be thankful. Um, There can be a real drought of personal singing to the Lord 
and our river can just dry up. We need to sing to the Lord, and we don't have to we don't have to sound good to anybody except the Lord. And you think, well, what do I sing? Well, open up your Bible and just sing the Bible to him. And there's so much in the book of Psalms. Um, Psalms is like a personal testimony. A lot of the Psalms start out, you know, I was in deep distress, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you answered me, you know, there's songs of triumph, you know, and we can, we can relate with those, you know. I was feeling bad, but you picked me up, you know. I was, I was full of sin, but you washed me clean, you know. Uh, just sing, just, just hold your Bible out and start singing to the Lord and thanking him for all the wonderful things he's done. Um, in, in the book of Proverbs, it's, there's a, the book of Proverbs is full of things about our mouth. It says, uh, the mouth of the righteous is a, tr- is a fountain of life. We want to be, we want to be overflowing with water. This water, living water gushing out of us. And one of the ways it comes out of us is with our mouth. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. It, it also says in Proverbs, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. That's, a, that's, I love that scripture because I can speak life into my life every single day. I can speak life into my life every single day. I can speak life into my husband, into the church, into my children, into every situation. I can speak life. The Bible tells me I can. The Bible tells me I can. And that's part of having that river of life flowing out of us. We can, you can do devotional times like, like I talked about where you're every single day, you pick a scripture and you meditate on it all day and you, you figure out how you're going to put it into practice and pray about it. So we've talked about getting the word on the inside of us, being thankful, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to ourselves, to God, and to each other. And then the last thing is in Jude 20. You guys can turn there. Jude 20. It says, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, and pray in the Holy Spirit. And in the Amplified Version it says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. So the last thing we're going to talk about is praying in the Holy Spirit, singing in the Spirit, uh, worshiping God in the Spirit. That is a way to keep the river of life flowing in us, is just to pray and sing in the Holy Spirit to the Lord. So we have a responsibility.